Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Gathering all the information you would need to stay ahead of the curve on your crypto investments. Welcome to Thriller Rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the road, gather around. It's time for another episode of Thriller Rundown. Today is September 29th, 2019, and we're recording this one late. That's right, because we need to talk about Swift and how they're shaking in their boots in regards to cryptocurrency. That's right. It's today's hot topic on The Rundown. The Rundown. So it's starting to appear that central banks are having less and less tools to not only deal with the financial crisis, but to deal with all this emerging technology that's basically has their head spinning. Now, during Cybos 2019 conference, this is held in London, there were several key speakings there. One was from Christian Siegwig. He is the CEO of Deutsche Bank who we know has had enormous problems this year by laying off a fifth of their global workforce and refocusing on corporate banking. It's basically their most stable revenue source at this point. And he discussed a couple of key insights into how they're kind of repositioning their focus. First, he discussed Europe and how they should not focus primarily on regulating new technology, but actually driving innovation itself. He said the competition for technological supremacy will determine the future division of global economic power. The financial sector must also make its contribution. And we're starting to see more increasing you know, global macroeconomic risk and low and negative interest rates and fragmenting you know, a European Union in light of what happened with Brexit and basically how it all came together like a, a perfect storm. But on the backdrop of all this, uh, Christian Segwig was also try to raise awareness about the inability of financial authorities to cope with an upcoming meltdown. That's right, he talked about the crisis. And he said, in this scenario, with plenty of uncertainty, what is worrying is that the central banks have used their tools to a large extent already. So there are no conventional measures left to effectively cushion the real economic crisis. They've already turned on the money tap to the limit. Yeah, that's big. You have somebody from Deutsche Bank who, you know, had not only had a, just a rough year, but actually had to lay off, you know, some of their workforce. And then for him to come out CEO and say this in front of Sabos 2019 in this conference in London, like that's pretty big. It's pretty big news and it's uh, incredibly insightful if you're looking at everything on a macro level. And then it was one person. His name is Yawar Shah. And he kind of surprised a lot of people, especially with his speech. And it became obvious that decentralized cryptocurrency has been recognized 
as one of the driving forces behind many of these developments and advances. And it's crazy to think that somebody with his, because he's a chairman of SWIFT, so somebody of his caliber is actually fearful of what cryptocurrency can bring. Take a listen to his speech. It's about three minutes long, but very insightful. So as is my tradition, I'm going to cover three topics today. One, the payments and securities industry is going through unprecedented change. We are seeing heightened business interest and increasing market valuations. Drive for speed, transparency and efficiency and ease of use. And new non-bank entrants like Facebook's Libra and others that are fundamentally changing the competitive landscape. Two, SWIFT is your bank-owned fintech. We have a proven track record of both bank enablement and innovation. SWIFT will continue to accelerate all these developments for the capability of the industry. And of course, that is in the areas of payments, securities, and financial crime compliance. SWIFT's vision will be even more bolder and its business agenda even more aggressive. We will enable and focus on doing this across the entire financial services industry while innovating with a coalition of the willing. So three, what will not change is SWIFT's focus on its true north, serving the banking industry as a bank-owned, globally neutral cooperative with an extreme focus on resiliency, integrity, reliability, and security. Recent M&A is unprecedented with deals we would not have imagined in the past. And E, the industry is undergoing an extraordinary change, not only with technology and M&A, but with those entrants I refer to, like Facebook's Libra and the emergency uh, sorry, and the emergence of crypto assets. So, but let me pause for a second. There is a but here. This change should not make us lose sight of the real work needed to safeguard risk and compliance, ensure absolute integrity and resilience, and to provide efficiencies. It is my view that with all this excitement, Anyone, anyone who ignores the fundamentals of this does so at their peril. And it's interesting to hear him say that. He paused for a really long time and he made a mistake and called it emergency instead of an emergence. And being a somewhat public speaker, <laughs> you kind of say the truth when you misspeak. And that's what I heard there. It's, it's reading between the lines. He sees that as an emergency. Either somebody's telling him like, hey, <laughs> we need to make sure that we've refocus on what we do best. And that's cross-border payments, right? Because crypto is gonna eat our lunch. Facebook's coming after us. You have all these M&As, which are mergers and acquisitions happening around the FinTech space. And their kind of hold on the entire cross-border payment system is running up. And gosh, think of the possibilities.
5 good minutes. Today's five good minutes is on Bitcoin's price and where it's going, because I know everybody wants to know what I think. And yeah, it's happening right now. And it sucks because I released this so late. <laughs> I'm so sorry. OK, so we need to talk about a couple things here. First off, I'm going to give you a bearish chart and then I'm going to give you a bullish chart. But these key resistance levels, you definitely need to pay attention to 100 uh, percent right this weekend. We've been above 8K, uh, dropped down to 7.9, somewhere around there. If we don't push above 8,400 here pretty soon, uh, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Um, so right now, we're kind of testing the $7,700 level. And this is like at 11.53 p.m. on Sunday evening. So some key levels we need to watch for is this $7,600 level. If we don't hold the $7,600 level, then we're going to drop down to 7K. And if we don't hold this 7K, this is key. If we don't hold this 7K, then we are looking for an immediate drop, not only from the 7K region, but from 7K all the way back down to 5,500. That's right. It's over a $1,500 drop. So a few things I'm looking at here tomorrow because it's the end of the quarter. We might see Bitcoin drop um, drastically, but but and I say this, but we could see it bounce right back on October 1st after the end of Monday. It really sucks that the end of the quarter was on Monday and not this past Friday. It really does. But this is the way it is. Markets are opening on Monday. We'll see how this happens. But I'm expecting not only Bitcoin to drop, I'm expecting all entire markets to drop tomorrow. But and there's a but because I want to make sure I give you this chart and it's going to be in the show notes. So pay attention to those key levels. And if we don't hold 7000, then at that point, if we break below 7000, then at that point, we are headed back down to 5500. Yeah. So if you're trading Bitcoin, if you're uh, looking to trade Bitcoin, maybe set a stop loss at 7K. I'm not trading Bitcoin right now. I kind of just took everything out. I bought Bitcoin at 8,000 and I've just been waiting. Like I'm just not touching it because I, I don't like playing when it's falling like this. I like to wait it out. I want to see where everything shakes out because it's very possible even if we do fall down from like to 7K and then make that brief drop to 56, we could bounce right back up to 7K. Um, but for people that are looking for cheap Bitcoin, that's a possibility. Uh, so just be careful with those drops. If you're a hodler, then you're not paying attention to any of this. But this is where we're headed. Um, it sucks. But more data has come in and it's looking very bearish right now, unfortunately, even though even though we're still in a bull market, if we don't get above eighty four hundred dollars here. And I'm always hoping like here on October 1st, we'll get above eighty four hundred dollars. Everything will be back to normal. And if we don't get above this 200 moving 200 day moving average, then we are basically falling out of this um, this bull pattern that we're in. Next up is a bullish prediction. One of the key things that I'm hoping for, and this is me being positive, is that we have in 2014, 2017, and here in 2019, fallen below the 200-day moving average. 
and we bounced up off of it every single time. We did that in 2014. We did that again in 2017. So it's possible that we could be doing that right now. We could be falling below this 200-day moving average briefly, which has only been a few days at this point, three or four days, right? We could be falling below it. And then at that point, we could bounce back up. But it's, it's, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be real, real tricky to see if that's going to hold. Um, quite honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this with wide open eyes. I'm paying attention. Tomorrow's going to be a very long day. <laughs> I'm going to be watching Bitcoin all day. So, yeah, that's five good minutes. I'll put the, both charts in the show notes. Just pay attention to those key resistance levels, 7,600, 7,400, and 7,000. And that's five good minutes on Bitcoin and its price. Okay, with that, let's get into the Golden Hour Truth. The Hard Truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! So there's been some, um, I guess you could call it drama on crypto Twitter this weekend. And it's uh, it's accusational drama. And that's the craziest kind. Uh, because this is coming from Ledger X. They're a cryptocurrency options exchange. And they're claiming that their primary regulator, which is a CFTC, that's right, the Commodities Futures Trading Commission, has acted unfairly. And they're calling them out on social media. And they're favoring, basically they said that they're favoring their legacy rival, BACT. And we know BACT just launched this past week. Or actually, was it a week ago? Actually, I think it was this past week. Gosh, crypto feels forever. <laughs> Anyways, Paul Chow, the firm CEO, went off in a series of tweets on Friday night alleging that the CFTC broke promises and engaged in backroom dealings. Wow. Now, all this social media drama is frankly just crazy to think about and it's kind of embarrassing for the space because these aren't your native uh, financial firms that are working with the CFTC. These are these are primarily like crypto you know centric companies, right? And so they feel that they've been treated unfairly because of the CFTC's close relationship with the New York Stock Exchange. Um, and that was one of our main things that we considered bullish before. We, we thought that that was a good thing because it would help everything kind of happen faster. Now, there are two letters that were obtained by Coindesk. And they claim that the bias of former CFTC chairman Christopher Giancarlo is behind the firm's delays. Now, he is the guy that everybody was calling Crypto Dad, if you remember uh, last summer. Now, this letter got leaked from Ledger X, in which they talk about former chairman Giancarlo. This submission has been with the commission for well over 180 days without approval or denial. We have strong reason to believe that is unreasonable delay is in clear violation. It also claims that the agency revoked its DCO order following the posting of a blog post penned by Chow and uh, Ledger X's COO, Juthika Chow, the wife of the aforementioned Paul Chow, said on Saturday that the agency meddled in its SOC1 process following the DCO order being revoked. She wrote, previous chairman wanted to revoke 
license because Bax's efforts not moving along as fast. Having no legitimate reason to revoke our license, staff resorted to contacting our independent auditors to tamper with Audi to give commission reason to revoke a license. Wow, that's a big accusation. But it's clear she feels like that was done to her and her company. My whole take on this is coming from a different perspective entirely. I don't know what happened there, nor would I ever try to like say this happened or that happened without having more information at hand. I will say one thing, though. I have noticed from the beginning of 2017 till probably around, I would say, mid-2018, where it felt very much like the SEC and the CFTC were like on crypto side, right? It almost felt like they were like wanting crypto to succeed. I've noticed as of this year and late last year, kind of seeing a different turn from the CFTC and the SEC in regards to how they treat crypto native companies and how they treat um, you know other Bitcoin native companies as well too, that were already in the space before all these new entrants came in like NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, Fidelity, all of them, TD Ameritrade, they're kind of um, regulatory kind of hammer has come down harder here previously. And I would say in the last maybe 12 months, it feels like it just feels like they're more heavy handed now to a lot of these crypto native uh, companies than they were before. And I feel like it's because they were trying to court us, <laughs> trying to lure us in, to, trying to show us that, hey, we're not scary. We're not trying to do anything. We're just trying to regulate and do our jobs. This past 12 months feels like they're trying to do a little bit more than they were before. And it feels like they're stopping innovation. And um, yeah, that's that's the cold hard truth that I feel like is happening right now in the space in regards to the SEC and the CFTC. So this week definitely felt like crypto and Bitcoin were getting attacked on all different sides, uh, not only just on the markets, um, from the SEC primarily, from central banks with SWIFT. This is not the first time this has happened. This has happened multiple times. And every time they do something like this, well, crypto and uh, other Bitcoin companies innovate. And they innovate far faster than these legacy companies. And the reason is it because they don't have smart people working for them or they don't have the strongest cryptographers on staff. It's because they've been controlling this entire financial space for the past 70 years. And they've just been hit in the mouth a couple times by Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And they're not used to getting hit. And now they're hitting back. <laughs> That's what happens when you try to disrupt a system that is as old and is as slow as the banking system. They get punched in the face and they go right home to mommy. And those are the regulators. See you guys tomorrow.